slight. This is what it feels like. Look, the only reason I survive, cause it get special first. You get successful, then it get stressful thirst. It gets gonna test you, see what your texture's worth. Diamonds and bites, one of them pressure first. And still I get checks and spurts I'm for peace, but before I get pressed, I murk Better days, pray for, but expecting worse At this level, boy, this shit, I'm just less concerned Cruising in the six, looking at the proceeds of rap music on my wrist Drop another mixtape, my this shit booming out this bitch Young Malcolm, I'm the leader of the movement out this bitch They love This is what it feels like. Reach a level, make you question, is it real life? All the weed good, all the hills real tight. And the only rule, keep your dollar bills this right. Is what it feels like. And this is what it feels like. And this is what it feels like. And this is what it feels like. Way before Orbeez double disc, 40 on my lap, clap, sound like 40 did the mix, filled the bass, sip coat, like a Michelin star chef, chef, kiss to my wrist, I go dummy with my left, I arrest on my dick, try to audit all my checks, too late, you know they hate when you become more than they expect, you let them crack a storm, your capital put their feet up on your desk, and yet you talking tough to me, I lost all my little respect, I'm selling weed, in the open, bringing folks home from the feds, I know the payback gonna be mean, I'm saving all my little bread, pray for me, y'all, one day I'ma have to pay for these thoughts, real niggas is this thing, it ain't Safe for me, my dog, they killing the gunners in their own hood. That makes sense to you at all. You burnt your bridge to the other side. You know you can't swim across. Y'all know the gunners can't swim. They fried my gap, you die. Y'all know gunners can't win. You never land, no jokes aside. I arrived on the day Fred Hampton got murdered. Hold up. Assassinated just to clarify further. What y'all gave birth is the chairman mixed with Jeff Ford. Big step on the jet with my legs crossed. Black stones on my neck, y'all can't kill Christ. Black Messiah is what I feel like. This shit ain't gonna stop cause y'all spill blood. We gon' turn up even more since y'all killed Christ. This is what it feels like. And this is what it feels like. Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen, you're tuned into another installation of Black Seinfeld. If you don't know, you should know, this is the show about nothing. Absolutely nothing. And I am the Trinidadi, the Panamanian poppy, the rude boy, top gunner, a.k.a. Suck Panyamada, West Indian Jesus, Black Messiah, Giovanni Anglin. What's going on, people? Yo, 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 what's going on? It's Bastion Nissa, a.k.a. Acquitted for Storming the Capitol. Recording live from Queens, Geos in Brooklyn. Hey. What's going on, folks? Hey, Bastion is also the Teflon Don out here, man. He could do no mean? wrong. What, Teflon Don? <laughs> you, yeah. It means you're untouchable, man. It means you could get away with literally murder. You could get away with inciting an insurrection. It means you can do anything and get away uh, with it. It means that you are protected. You get me? Got the spiritual protection. Spiritual protection, more like political protection, you dig? <laughs> One in the same, depending on the type of person you are. <laughs> big, big facts, bro. Big facts. And again, we'd like to welcome you to the show. Big up to everyone tuning in to us live here on 99.5 FM, WBAI in the NY and WBAI.org. Another big up to everyone tuning in on our podcasting platforms. That is right. 
which is available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeart, wherever podcast platforms are available to you. Thank you all for tuning in. We want to big up special shout out to one of our main states that listen to us over in Seattle, Washington. We thank you. We see you. We see you downloading. We see you commenting. We see you following. Big up to you, Seattle. This is something that we do every week. We big up a, a new town that really tunes into Black Seinfeld. And for that, we say thank you. Also, we say, why Why the hell do you listen to us? I mean, I don't know anything. Bastion knows way more than I do. I just pretend to know stuff. But thank you anyway. Yeah, I pretend to know things too. No, you know <laughs> way more things than I do. I will be man enough to admit that. I just absorb knowledge. That's it. That is very true, man. That's what life is about. It's about being a sponge and just absorbing as much as you can. You know, I always say that I always want to be the dumbest person in the room. So that way I can learn amongst the the smartest people, you know? I have a similar thing to that. I hate being the smartest person in the room. Yeah, I, I think if... Because, yeah. No, please, continue. No, because no way I know a lot more than you. You know, it's like one of those things. Like, it could be either at work, it could be at place, a party, someone brings up a subject, and I they, they talk. And a lot of people bluff out there. Some people think they know what they're talking about, and they just, I just let them run their mouth until I just... I don't even correct them. I just add on... Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. I never correct. That's respectful. Gary Bird once told me the minute you feel like you've learned everything to know in radio or, or in any sort of business that you're in, that's when you're going to start seeing your downfall. And I heavily believe that, too. Yeah, that's a, interesting. Yeah, I, th I think so, too, because you are no longer motivated right, to, to learn what to work on to or to learn. To fix. Right. How to focus, how to grow. Right. I think there's always a way to grow, especially doing interviews. Yeah, I definitely need to learn how to improve on interviews, not just with you, but I feel like by myself. I think when I do interviews with you, it's easier because we get to split up some of the work here. If I just do interviews by myself, I'm responsible for 100% of how the interview goes. So that's something I definitely need to improve on when it comes to this field. But when I'm with you, it's easy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think if we put 50 50 used to work, it's 100% perfect. Yeah. Oh, what's up with you? How you been? I've been doing well. I've been healthy. I've been drinking my water. I've been stretching 10 minutes out the day. I've been working on my taxes. I finally got started with that this past Monday. The return is looking all right. I just need to f focus on the second half, which is the 1099. The W 2 is easy, it takes no work at all. But the 1099, that's where things get interesting because for those of you who are independent contractors and, and work independently and remotely, then you know that that means you automatically owe the government money. So it's just the amount of, you know, getting in all the deductibles that you want to get out of it, like Metro card usage and, and food and all that stuff, transportation. So... I'm interested to see how much I have to pay the government. I suspect the fact that I made a lot more in 2020 because I've been doing this stuff a lot more now. I feel like, Bastion, I'm going to join you in paying more taxes than the former president. And oh, yeah. I feel humbled in saying that, but also I feel very angry in saying that as well. Yeah, because 
we don't do enough to get deductibles. Also, I think back in 2017, the 45 administration changed it up, making certain things that used to be deductible. And they also put like a cap limit on there too, especially for middle-class people, people with home homes, people who have multiple kids. They, they put a cap on there. So do you know what those deductible caps are? I, I'm not too sure. Okay. I, I don't remember. I, I knew a lot about it maybe in 2018. Mm-hmm. That was when I was starting working and dealing with cl- uh, customers that would normally use those tax benefits to, you know, help support them pay down the car. But they say, hey, we did the taxes and we got maybe 30% of what we normally get. And it's like, yikes. And th- th- this is what they want. This is fiscal conservatives. This is less is more and more. To, you know, is less well. I mean, shoot, we're gonna get into less being more with the whole stuff going down in Texas a little bit later. But I think, man, like this is this whole 1099 stuff has been very eye opening because they really don't teach you about deductibles that much at all, and things that are deductible that you can use in in order to sort of lower down how much you owe the government oh yeah and i think that's comes with the benefit of having an accountant but accountants mm. are expensive to yeah. like pay on a monthly basis so as long as you could find the same old accountant once you once a year and make them and just tr- just try to ask them all the questions you can so next year you have a list of things you could deduct then you'd be good to go i i don't do the 1099 um but uh, I haven't re- even received my W-2 yet, so I'm still waiting for that. Oh, but really? What I did find out is your taxes is in April. It's actually July this year. See, I said it. I knew it. So, yes. Yeah. I was trying to see if I, if I could get a, a digital W-2, but I can't at the moment. Oh, but what man. I found out, I think after a certain amount of time, you could get a digital. But what I found out is that I think if you make less than 40000 or maybe 39000 uh, the federal government could do your taxes for you for free. Yeah, that is true. The federal government can do your taxes for free if you so don't go on TurboTax. But you can do it through <laughs> TurboTax for free. You can do it on TurboTax for free. In fact, um, I my W two I was able to get digitally right, and there is an option for you to take that W two and immediately just go straight to. TurboTax. It's on Gusto, and Gusto is a, a platform that a lot of you know small mom and pop shops use in order to um, to send over like your your monthly bill or whatever how much they owe you their pay, basically. So you have that option if you use Gusto. Okay. okay. And also, That's pretty cool. Yeah, and also I think it's very important to note that if you have not received any stimulus packages from 2020, make sure you mention that with whatever um, tax places you go to, whether it be Jackson and Hewitt or, or H&R Block or, or TurboTax even, make sure you mention that because it is you can mention that if you have not received any sort of stimulus package at all and if you do qualify and they will compensate you for that. So I, I actually did do that in filing taxes this year and not going to lie, bruh. Looking nice. It's looking real looking nice. nice. Hell yeah. Looking real what? nice. Yo, you're supposed to say, give me what is owed. Shoot. that You're right. It is owed. And speaking of owed, man, aren't we owed 1400 But seems like we're not even going to get that 
yet because we've been dealing with other stuff, but we're going to get into that soon. I want to ask, how are you doing? I am doing great, doing fine, focused. I have a lot of plans, a lot of things on my plate. We have a lot of plans. So, yeah, yeah, we have a lot of plans. But also I have, like, other things I'm I'm trying to do, a couple projects in the making. And I'm trying to organize to see how I could get those things done because it's all about learning new skills. Yeah. And also being disciplined to learn the skills. Because I'm I'm a natural slacker. I I really don't want to do anything most of the time. Are you? Oh, yeah, natural slacker. Oh, man, I, I figured... It was the complete opposite, Bastion, because every time that I speak with you, it's, man, I'm working on this. And I always just thought that you were, like, hella driven on whatever it is that you're doing. But I feel like most of the time is it's something that you, that has to really interest you in order to get you to be driven and doing it rather than something that you're forced into doing. Yeah, not only driven, but if it's laid out there for me, like I know the next steps, I know what I'm focused on completing in order to succeed, then go to the next step, things get done much, much faster. Like I've been working with Photoshop, uh, Premiere these past couple of weeks, and I could just make a a simple GIF within 10 seconds now. Before it would take me all day, now it could take me 10 seconds. So that, and you know, when you do your little small accomplishments, it adds up and it feels really good. You have grown a lot with the Photoshop skills. Ladies and gentlemen, I remember the first time we were on BAI back in like 2017, we were just knucklehead 22, 23 year old kids just screwing around on radio. And I remember not having Photoshop at the time because I kept messing up my Mac and just always jailbreaking stuff and and cracking different apps and stuff. And then I I just lost everything. So I was just like, yo, Bash, you know how to use Photoshop? And I legit taught Bastion what I knew about Photoshop. And I taught him how to do GIFs and stuff. And just to see how how much you've improved over the years, it's really it's really dope. Yeah, wait till you see my portfolio tomorrow. It's, it's you're gonna be shocked. It's it's I went off, basically. Good man. I'm I'm really proud of you, bro. Like seriously, I'm super proud of you. You're probably you probably are better than me now. Yeah, I, I, because I do it every day. Yeah, now. you do I, it. I think every I've been doing day. every day for like two, three weeks now. Yeah, dude, <laughs> you're you're probably like ten times better than me now. But I am happy that you have been doing this stuff because your portfolio now is going to be my portfolio because we have BlackSignFill.com coming up soon, and I believe the end of February, beginning of March. So I can't wait for that to happen. Yeah, ninety percent done. I want to do some things that might take me two days to do, but after that, we're good to go. BlackSignfield.com coming soon to a computer yeah, near you. You won't be able to get in, but there's a bookmark it. Yeah, there's <laughs> just a lock there, so I ain't going <laughs> to tell you the password, people. You got to wait like everyone else. And then the YouTube channel, BlackSignfield slash YouTube. Um, Black, YouTube slash BlackSignfield, I think. I don't think it's up. I think it'll be up after the first video mm. is up. Then you'll be able to find it. It'll be but, a lot yeah. easier to find. Yeah, it's not easy to find that at mm-hmm. all. I was surprised. It doesn't work like Instagram. You make an Instagram yeah. backslash, you can find it in 10 seconds. Hell no. YouTube it runs be, a different system. Yeah, you're going to see punk-ass logic video, Black Spider-Man. You're going to see just Seinfeld videos. You're going to see Seinfeld videos. I, I didn't get anything else. You didn't get punk-ass logic? Well, also, because of the algorithm, my whole thing is messed up where the first 10 videos are exactly what it is, but the next 20 has nothing to do from what I search. Mm. 
So I think it's outrageous that YouTube is it's not it's just so strange that the algorithm is like, hey, this is what you're looking into. This is what you might be into. That's not what two different things. I'm into that, but I'm looking for this. Yo, after officially being on Clubhouse now for a month, I've been studying a lot of like these these algorithm dudes and, and they always talk about the algorithm and what you need to do in order to crack the algorithm, whether it's on Instagram and YouTube. And there's like a lot of podcasters out there. Uh, that's one thing that I enjoy about being on that app is just because, you know, we, we really don't get to talk to a lot of people that have actually been like hella successful in this podcasting space. So it's really cool to like talk to them and like pick their brain about certain things. I think that was pretty cool. Are they are they successful in figuring out the algorithm? Well, or they just know it and it hasn't really worked out for them. They know it and it has worked out for them, but the algorithm is always changing. So they always tell people po podcasting is still relatively this new thing, right? Although yeah. it's a, this billion dollar industry, it's always a learning thing, right? So we're consistently learning how this algorithm works because like I always tell everyone now who comes to me and, and asks to do a podcast, right? I always tell them like, Hey, you're going to have to a be consistent, but two, like, don't, don't just give up easily because this thing is not easy at all because you have to go up against like Michelle Obama, NBC, WNYC, Gimlet, pineapple street media. You're going up against corporate entities that has money, out the wazoo to just invest into this podcasting spot and you being just little oh you like you're not gonna get the success that you think you're supposed to get immediately this is just a consistent learning thing because if you really want to be good at this stuff i feel like now bashing although we've been doing radio for like holy crap seven seven eight years now i feel like only now we're actually getting really good at this yeah and we're still young and that's something we keep forgetting like we're very young in the game and you listeners even if you're older there's always room to learn it's, it's never too late to learn new things facts that's so what gary if, if you if you like a skill that you want to learn want to learn how to do oil painting all right do oil painting twice a week you know get the board get the easel on the amazon for 20 bucks Get a board for twenty bucks. Get the paint for twenty bucks. The cheap ones. You don't want. You don't want the good stuff yet. Yeah. Not and yet. then just like learn how to do the strokes. Because trust me, once you get the strokes down in two months, buy the expensive paint. You you'll be nice at it. Yeah, man. Now I'm starting to do like little seminars on how to help people with their podcasts and radio and how to improve. I thought that was pretty cool. And sometimes I just have to be a bit more confident in myself because I always ask like, Hey, have y'all learned something? Did I actually teach you something? Cause I just feel like I'm rambling, but, but no, they, they think that I'm a big help. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I think that's, it's good um, during the learning process to ask for feedback. I hate feedback. I think feedback is disgusting, but <laughs> wait, why? <laughs> wait, what? I just don't like to hear it from anybody. Why? Now, even when I send you a design, like I don't want to hear it, but I need to hear it. What, I need to hear what type it. of just, crap you need to hear that though no i have a very high ego you know that it's like extremely high i blame but, kanye but okay <laughs> you, you can't learn that you can't learn ego i think it is it it is what it, it is what it is mm. right um but anyways like i i just don't like criticism i don't like feedback but 
I have to get it. So I, I'm I'm up to hear it. I, I don't really say anything. I just like okay. All right. You know what? That actually does make sense because I remember the first time you sent me logos and I was like, okay, which ones do you like? And you were like, I like all of them. I'm like, eh, really, dog? You like all of them? And you're like, yeah, I like all of them. I'm like, oh, uh, okay. Well, these three are the best. That's it. Because I go to you for feedback in order for process elimination because I'm too biased for my work. That's, That's how it is. That I'm is fair. Biased. That's why making music is difficult. You need multiple ears in the room. Not just your ear alone. Your album's whack. That's right, a good point. Rapper. Anyway. Oh, man. Let's get into the politics. Uh, what part of the politics do you want to get into Biden first or want to get into Texas first? I'd like to get into Texas because your background screen is very appropriate right yes. now to talk about the Snow disaster. Front. The Yeah, the real disaster that's going on in Texas right now. I was shocked at how much people are have lost power and don't have water and and have actually died over this snowstorm and and in the news explaining it further i now understand it's because one texas isn't really doesn't have that infrastructure of what happens when we have a snowstorm because if that happened to new york we have that infrastructure where by tomorrow, streets are going to be relatively clear. Uh, everything is going to be shoveled, but Texas doesn't have that. Yeah, and strange because it's everything's learning, right? In New York, right. I think this happened two years ago. There might have it was news like it might snow, it might snow. All right, it might snow, it doesn't snow, whatever. Low percentage chance they didn't send anybody to salt the streets. And it messed up everything. I it remember was really that. really bad. And the thing is about New York is they're always up to date with it. It's just that one time they didn't go out, everything became a mess. There was this so, huge traffic jam in the GWB, I believe. Yo, it was so bad. I remember. I, I was working in Manhattan at the time, back in meatpacking. And I did make it home. But apparently, if I left work maybe an hour later, I... It, I it would have been very difficult for me to go home. If That's you were how in meat, bad it got. If you were in meatpacking, this was definitely 2019. I remember this now. Yeah, it's uh, maybe early 2018. Early 2018. Maybe. A little late 2018. Um, but yeah, that's how it was. So the thing is, you got to learn from your mistakes. Definitely. Because I actually was doing some research, and Texas actually did have a blackout problem back in 2011 due to the same exact thing. Yes. So let, let Let's run it back. Um, so Give the timeline, Bash. It was a storm front. A lot of people lost power, around 2.3 million outages. It was pretty much uh, one quarter of all of Texas. A lot of people did get power back, but a lot of people still do not have power back. There's a lot of frozen lines, um, frozen water lines, and frozen gas lines. So no hot water, no gas, and no drinking water at all. So people have to go out, get water, get resources. And it, it's just been it's been crazy because the Republicans are doing everything in their power to shift the blame elsewhere instead of admitting that they messed up. Yeah, I believe I sent you a meme of Fox News and they tried to blame it on the power winds the like the, yeah, power, so the, windmills? the windmills. Yeah, yeah, the windmills take the windmill produces roughly 12 percent of the power of for texas yeah 
and some of them were frozen, but others still were able to continue running. And it was actually doing so much more output than it was actually designed to do. So it does work. It's just you need normal maintenance with it. I remember actually reading an article about that. The windmills, like, there has to be someone to make sure it doesn't freeze. Like, all they do is clean it. There's, mm. like, normal maintenance for that. So if it does freeze, you, you thaw it out, and you're back to working again. That sounds so about right. So hire someone to do that one thing. Sounds right? about right, yeah. So the way Texas work, right? The so, grid. Uh, so the grid. So Texas Power Grid is run by electric, um, real, real about, I'm sorry, electric, reliability, Reliability uh, Council of Texas or ERCOT, which is a grid that does not cross state lines and thus is not under oversight of the Federal Energy Regulator Commission. There you go. Right. So according to um, so according to Houston Chronicles, uh, that pride with Texas politicians who in 2000s chose to deregulate the state's power market and allow power companies, not state regulators, to determine when and how to build and maintain power plants, AKA privatize the whole entire electric uh, mm -hmm. sector. So this is kind of a cause and effect, and it doesn't take a year to show like, oh, you privatize something. It, it takes a couple of years. It could be like a massive event where they will have to produce more where everything comes crumbling down. And this is kind this of is it. what we see happen. Yeah, this is exactly it right now. There's there's a couple parts in Texas that is actually federally run. The the grid is federally run, but the majority of it being, I, I believe, southern Texas, uh, southeastern Texas, a lot of that is, as you said, is private is privately owned. And so with that, the they get to regulate it however they see fit, and they don't do their due diligence as 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 a company to. To have things just in case if there's some sort of disaster going on, like we're seeing now. Like a this backup could, plan to the backup plan. Right. Like this could have been preventable, but it wasn't because y'all are greedy and you can and you have this mentality of this can never happen to Texas because we're Texas. Yeah, and that's kind of what happened. And it's all about infrastructure at the end of the day. I always bring it up. Like infrastructure, if you don't keep it up to date, it will bite you in the butt. And we're from New York. MTA infrastructure is crap. They don't do anything. It bites us in the butt every single day. Exactly. That's, that's just how it is. And it, I kind of sad to see what's going on in Texas right now. People are struggling. It's super cold. Like, when my house is 66 degrees, it's cold. Yeah, that is so cold. I can't, it's cold. You got to put the heat on, you know? So I can only imagine if your house is 35 degrees, it's it's just worse indoors and outdoors. It's just painful. And I can imagine that since this is the South, some of them probably don't have the proper attire needed for that kind of weather. So apparently it's it's winter there regularly for them to be mm. Texas. I didn't know that. Me I personally either. think Texas is like winter, like maybe Florida. I know it's like some parts of Texas is cold. But uh, I thought pretty much all of it was like oh. a southern. Oh well, excuse my ignorance because I, I didn't think winter really existed over in Texas. So excuse my ignorance, Texans. I apologize. And shout out to all of our listeners that do listen from Texas. We hope y'all are okay. And and man, vote out yeah, Ted Cruz when y'all get the chance. Yeah, it's it's like a, it's a bunch of factors. Not even just the people today. It's also the people back then. Because um, according to Houston Chronicles, I'm quoting them again, shout out to them. 
Uh, former Texas governor Rick Perry was quoted saying, those watching on the left may see the situation in Texas as an opportunity to expand their top-down radical proposals. Um, another quote, Texans would be without electricity for longer than three days to keep the federal government out their business. Try not to let whatever the crisis of the day to take your eye off of having a resilient grid that keeps America safe personally, economically, and strategically. Why does everything have to be political and propaganda? Like people are, are literally dying and, and freezing to death and all you care about is your political propaganda. Like sometimes this is these these are certain things that I do not understand. I think sometimes we just have to cast some of that stuff aside and focus on, hey, we have people here that are dying, that are freezing, that don't have water. How are we going to fix this? Don't have electricity. How are we going to help them instead of just blaming a political party? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I well, it, it, it is political. Everything is always political. It's, yeah, fair enough. But I think sometimes... <laughs> but like, to throw propaganda early. Right. Or... Just just be, be on some humanist-ish right now at the moment. And then when things go back to normal, you can do what you always do. Like two weeks into it, you could go on Fox or CNN and then blame people. But... Right now, let's get ish done first. Yeah. And fast. And it's it's kind of sad to see all this happening. It's always about the government. Like, you could tell when these elected officials that you voted to protect and to talk for you are talking more for the privatized co- um, corporation, pretty much funded their way into power. So it's, hey, it's America. This is America. No matter how you look at it, the smallest things there is like we invented everything, but we can't maintain infrastructure. Of That's, course not. We privatized our infrastructure, and the privatized companies don't want to uh, fix the infrastructure. Yeah, they don't want to fix the infrastructure because they don't want the the federal government to to come and regulate it because it's going to mess up how they do business and it's going to mess up how they make their money. Yeah, it's a sad fight to see. It is a sad sight to see, but also what is another sad sight to see is I don't think Joe Biden's going to be giving y'all your $50,000 uh, death uh, <laughs> forgiven. Death forgiveness. Yeah, hey. it's out the window. You know? Shout out to you if you owe money to the government. Shout out to you if you owe money to a privatized corporation to pay for college. Joe Biden's mask is coming off now. <laughs> mask off. He's like, he's a fiscal conservative. He doesn't care. <laughs> he really went out there saying no i'm not gonna do that and he yeah. really out he really went out there and lied to the people saying that Hell he yeah. couldn't do it because it's unconstitutional he came in crip walking too <laughs> he came in with it with his hand on his nuts saying nah i can't do that you know what i'm nah, saying Ten thousand is is as much as i can go i can't do fifty thousand. although i've been saying for the longest i was gonna do this for fifty thousand dollars and now you're doubling back hey Politics is back, baby. This is what real po- this is what regular politics is like. This is what regular yeah, politics always like. This. Yeah, you're right. It's less. It's always hoo ha. Yeah, but it's not hoo ha ha. Right. Exactly. We've been we've been used to the hoo ha ha bashing, but now it's just back to hoo ha. You know what I'm saying? This is the regular stuff that you and I are used to, and yeah. I'm happy to see it back. I we already knew we knew bashing coming into this what we were going to get with Joe Biden. And here it is. This is the first layer of the mask coming off. 
Yeah, because difference between 45 and Biden is 45 will tell you the nonsense up front so we can yell at them. Yeah. But Biden will tell you camouflage in the most political way. And you're like, I know what you said. And you're not as, as camouflage as you think you are. Exactly. And it's even worse. It's, to be camouflage is, it's always been worse. Obama was beautiful at camouflaging everything he said. He's still super cool. But I can't. Uh, Right, man, because Obama was just so dope. He's a great speaker. He loved hoops. He was just yeah. such a likable dude. But it's like how I said back in November when Biden first got elected to be president-elect, we're going to go back to that subtle racism that you and I grew up with, and I'm happy that it's back. But now we're back to questioning whether things are racist again rather than the overt, I hate you, and it's yeah. something that we have to get used to again. Because yeah. we weren't used to that. We we're used to season six of Black Mirror, which is still in some ways still going on. We still have some of that that revenance of, of the Trumpism and MAGA still going on, as we saw with the whole impeachment thing going. But bottom line, Joe Biden is doing what regular politicians do. And to that, I say it's a good it's a good uh, welcome back. Yeah, I, I do think it's strange how he kind of campaigned around, especially in, in the I think before November, campaigned around saying like, hey, the minute I'm in, the checks are going out. And dude, it's, it's almost the end of Black History Month. Yeah, he got, he got it in January 20th. Yeah. Right around the corner, bro. It's like it's, it's almost going, it's about to be a month by the end of the week. Yeah. No checks out. No, Dude, nothing. No, no one's getting checks until summer. I promise you that. Summer. Shoot, the beginning that, of of summer. I don't know. We're we're supposed to get it immediately because I remember bumping into an article saying like March first, like it will be enough to pay people till like fourteen hundred will be enough to pay people's bills until July. It's like what bills? And didn't he say he wanted it to be two thousand at first? I clearly remember two thousand. All right, sure. Let's say. Yeah, I remember it too. He clearly said 2000. He clearly You're going to get say... 2000 because you never got to 600. So, yeah. bam, there's your 2000. <laughs> oh, man. Dude. Oh, oh yeah. It's like, right, my, my, my brother's in college. Um, your sister's in college. Yeah. They're de- dependents, right? She's not working. Not working at all. They're So, they should be able to get the $2,000 with this one, too. So, she, she should just get a check flying your way. So, out there in college, you're dependent, you know. You'd be, you'd be getting something, too. They, they see you as people now. Well, didn't we say that Biden's going to be Clinton again? No, it's, it's going to be Obama. Mm. It's going to be Obama. They're going to do the same exact things. They pretty much hired the same exact people in the candidate, I, in the, I, the cabinet. I disagree. I feel like Biden's going to be a, a newer Clinton, not so much with doing, like, coming up with a three-strikes law, but... His whole, his whole campaign was for us to coexist, and when I mean us, I mean uh, politically, right? Republicans, Democrats, we we want to coexist. We want we want to work together to help create a better America, right? Which is sort of what Clinton wanted. Well, not in the beginning, right? He started freaking blowing his little saxophone on Arsenio Hall, and he got the black people to vote for him, and then he freaking peeled off the mask and. He appealed to the Republicans and all that until Monica Lewinsky. But anyways, I feel like 
Joe Biden is going to do the same thing. He's he's going to do the same thing. That's just me. Not Monica Lewinsky, though, but, <laughs> you know, the other thing. She'll be forever immortalized. And she talks about that in her speeches, too. Like, oh, it's a hip-hop records. I will be here forever. Yo, it's she talks about it a lot on her Twitter, talking. too. How did you get famous? I love it. It's we, funny. We got to get Monica podcast, Lewinsky on. There's a whole podcast about her, um, the whole event and everything. It's very, very interesting. We got to get um, Monica Lewinsky on, bro. That will be dope. So, so the thing about impeachment, which is interesting, is when it's impeachment through Congress, you know, they just say you're impeached, there's your stamp. But if it goes to the Senate and once it passes impeachment, that's when they're fully impeached. Yeah. So House and then Senate, then it'll be House full. and Senate. And Correct. see, that's the thing I never knew. Yeah. That's it's what like makes I, up Congress. Yeah. It's like, you know, just take a quick Google search for me to find the answer to that. But I always wonder, it's like if Bill Clinton was impeached, you know, he kind of just ran his term and left. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, OK, Trump is impeached twice. History. But only by term. Yeah. He was he was impeached twice by term twice by the house and then acquitted twice by the senate so by the senate yeah it's always the damn senate yo mitch mcconnell the true villain he's the chief palpatine of planet earth right now Yo, mitch mcconnell dude all right team i want to know how how do you feel right that mitch mcconnell deliberately didn't want to impeach the president the former president because he wanted to make sure we got all the facts out of the way. Let's wait until we swear we swear in Joe Biden to be the 46th president, only for the impeachment to happen for him to go, hey, well, he's not president anymore, so we don't think this is constitutional. And in fact, we think this is a constitutional uh, cancel culture. Again, with the alliterations, remember what I said about racist loving alliteration, Ku Klux Klan, Million MAGA March, constitutional cancel culture remember what i said and then my man had the balls to go and say i condemn everything that trump did it was completely despicable after quitting the dude and then trump trump is such a goon he goes man f mitch mcconnell he's spineless he a bitch he's x y and z boop 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 but meanwhile man's acquitted you Trump is a goon. Trump is Teflon Don. That's his new nickname. He is Teflon Don. He's such a goon for that. He's such well, a goon. In, in theory, I understand why he said that. It's because of the after speech, right? It's like you acquitted and came out to say, this guy is a bozo, right? No, that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything because he never, exactly. I'm 100. It doesn't mean a he single built, thing. He built but because O'Neal he himself. said it. Because he said it, though, right? Because he said it, though. That's like. That's like, let, let's say you join a company and you're in, you're creating a union in the company, right? Mm-hmm. One of your boys, you know, he was on your level and he got promoted to management. So no longer part going to be like, be able to vote for the union. Everything is power to convince everybody on your team that there'll be no union. A year later, everybody gets fired or laid off. Like, wow, I guess we should have had a union. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That That's the best way to look have, at it. I have a better metaphor. Let's say if you got coerced to join a group and 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 to take them down but you really you're part of the fbi and then a couple years later you're in this documentary talking about how much you loved being a panther let's talk about that that's foreshadowing for later on in the night people hope y'all like that one yes yes yeah but dude i think no what is your thoughts on the whole 
the whole insurrection, uh, the whole trial of of impeach of impeachment, the second impeachment. Well, you watched most of it. Than I, did. I did. I was kind I of um, stuck doing some work. I did try to get the glimpse. I still, I still try to get some of the. I should just like listen to the radio or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did get most of the clips on Twitter and YouTube in order to catch up. But it, I thought the whole thing was ridiculous, right? I, it was on everybody's mind. I, right. The true reason why I didn't pay attention because I already knew the outcome. We all right? knew the outcome. Yeah, they already enough. said seven Republicans. I think they needed what, like sixty-seven votes, two-thirds of the Senate majority, yeah. in order to impeach a president. And it's like, hey, they got seven. They need thirteen more. It's, it's not going to happen, right? It's never I, I'm sleeping. Happen. I'm sleeping for the whole thing. That's a good point. Anything that's going to happen that's funny, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna see SNL try to mock a uh, ready nonsense mm-hmm. event, so it cannot be more funnier than the real life. Re- reality oh man bruce castor holy crap aka castor oil have you seen the opening arguments that the defense had in bruce castor that let was wild know. let the people know let the people know well initially bruce castor wasn't even supposed to go first in the defense opening arguments i think the uh the the plaintiffs did so well with their opening speech and and the videos that they played, Bruce Castor just went up and he admittedly said, like, hey, I wasn't even supposed to come up yet. We were we all we had this script that we were gonna stick to, but they'd done such a good job that, hey, I I'm just here first and I'm and I'm here to speak. And he started to ramble incoherently and and he started talking in circles and then at one point he admitted that the American people have made up their mind that they did not want Trump to be in the office. And that's why we have a new president. Like he said that <laughs> it was just awful. And, and reports were that Trump was completely peeved on what Bruce Castor was saying. <laughs> it was not good at all. Lawyers are a sham. Hmm? A lot Is of that lawyers are a saying? sham. Yeah, yeah a lot of, course. of them are just... Especially since, especially since a lot of these lawyers didn't have any sort of experience in this realm. So was it like a bunch of privatized corporate lawyers? Oh, one hundred percent. Of course. And Big then bucks. you got, and then you had Vanderveen. Oh my God, Vanderveen in Philadelphia. This dude, this dude is such a trip. Everybody laughed because he's, the way he said Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, he said Philadelphia. And and plus he was like he 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 felt he seemed to me very elitist in his just just in his demeanor he was like hey I don't know what you guys doing in in DC this I'm from Philly like he just kept bringing up Philadelphia and I'm sure the people of Philadelphia or Philadelphia do not want to claim Vanderveen at all uh, I think one of the best uh, comebacks was like hey. Um, if you think this whole thing is like a sham right now, you should have been here on January 6th because that was a real sham. I thought that was like a great little dig at Vanderveen because he was literally just talking out of his ass. He was doing the, the Trump thing and just creating this narrative and propaganda. And I remember talking with the homie Jonah, shout out to you, Chef Jonah, where before the whole trial even began, he was like, yo, you know that the, the uh, defense is going to be 
is going to be comparing to uh, Black Lives Matter, the, the protests and, and riots that happened during the summer. And I was just like, dude, this doesn't like it has no correlations whatsoever. And then he, we had like this five minute montage of Democratic and, and leftist leaders saying the word fight all the time. It was just like, oh, this, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that real quick. Oh, it, it's so God. nonsensical to see a. It's like equivalent to those clip channels on YouTube that just take a little bunch of things and put it together in 10 minutes for you to watch it. It was like a fight montage of just strictly the word. The most out of context. It should be illegal. Like to show people video and take it out of context mm -hmm. and say this is it. Because I remember this happened similar, like the whole taking out of context thing happened in Georgia. Yeah. When they're talking about, um, oh, they, they were hiding ballots and you're switching it out in order to replace it. I think that was one of the defenses they did. Yeah. They said, well, this clip is taken out of context. Let's see the whole clip. Oh, okay. Uh, wh why did they do that for? You're you're making yourself look terrible. And yeah. I don't know. It's Can the American people fall for it? Yeah. And they fell for oh, it. Oh, of course people are falling for it. I mean, what, about 74 million people voted for the man, right? So it's obvious that people are falling for this. And I just want to say this. After the acquittal happened, I'm a part of a lot of communities on Twitter, and that's what I love about Twitter. You have so many communities that can be catered for you and in the news for you section. So I'm a part of political Twitter, uh, left and right Twitter, because you always got to see what the right is talking about. I'm a part of gaming Twitter. I'm a part of wrestling Twitter. I'm a part of, of course, black Twitter. There's also a brown Twitter for all my Indian peoples out there. Shout out to y'all. But I will say, once the acquittal happened, MAGA Twitter felt like this has breath, breathe, breathed in a, a new breath for the MAGA movement. Like, they were hype because not only... Charged up. They were charged up, bruh. And not only does this mean that Trump can run again if he wants to in 2024, but people are... The MAGAs are... They're going to do everything in their damn power to make sure that their guy is going to be the 47th president of the United States. It's, so I'm just here to let y'all know the MAGAs are, are hype right now. And okay? they're strong. They are stronger strong. than ever. They're so strong. Um, I think I forgot where I was watching or reading this, that most of the people that came out of like either texas or like maybe even georgia when they look at the numbers like the republicans they voted for the first time like these are first time voters i mean like these are people that were sitting chilling for a long time that left their house to make sure trump can stay yeah right? well they did everything in the power first time voters so they could keep 45 in well, Trump radicalized them in, in many perspectives. Also, a lot of respects. young people, too. So, yeah. 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 It's, it's not like Obama, 20, 2008. Yeah. You know, post-West Wing TV show, uh, millennial. Not millennial. Yeah, millennial. Yeah, millennial. Uh, liberal, neoliberal uh, I, you know, era. Yeah. Where everybody, you know, in your college, you're going to vote Democrat. But it's a, it's a bit different now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot different. And I think, you know, to, to go off what you were saying about it being – a lot of people's first time voting for Trump because I felt like I feel like he definitely radicalized them on the flip side to that over on the left. I felt like because it was like a record breaking year of, of voter turnouts, 
there was also a lot of people who actually decided to like vote that year too just to make sure he was out of office so it, it's it, it was a crazy dichotomy of people actually wanting to go in and vote which i think is is a beautiful thing uh i don't think it's gonna happen uh again well it, see the know. hard part is they have to especially the dnc one in my opinion i think democrats should just focus on the things they wanted to get to the people and get it done you know if they get checks out more checks out if they're able to uh agree. remove student loan if they're able to do a lot for like the poor uh brown black poc communities yes. those, those are things i'm just wishing yes it's not gonna happen but if it happens then I mean, you're gonna get a lot more support for the next election I, the next cycle because in two years you know georgia's gonna start running again mm -hmm. right yeah, so a lot of these, gonna, a lot of or, these senators, Warnock has to start running again, right? A lot of these uh, senators are, are going to have their time up. I mean, yeah, like you're saying, Senate only holds holds that seat for two years, so you you gotta continue to to sort of deliver on the promises that you were making. You feel me? Or else, you know, people are going to start voting your ass out, and that's something that I actually like. To be honest, I like the fact that people are now starting to really pay attention on, on I guess, as corny as the sound, the power of voting, voter die or whatever. I think that's I think that's very important for people to really and truly understand because hey, you saw it with the 2020 general elections, man. Because of states like Georgia and stuff, it's the reason why we have Joe Biden in office now. You know, those battle states are, are were key components in order to get him into office so shoot in in a matter of just two four years that blue state can flip right back to red so i think it's very important that you pay attention to things going on in those states and just locally man don't 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 just take your your um your foot off the gas pedal because you know the person that you want inside office is there man you got to make sure you held them accountable too because they're just going to start being complacent and get lazy or whatever you know what i mean this is the part yeah. where you actually get to you have to work your ass off in order to you know keep have have and keep the people it's kind of very difficult to even back that right like yeah voting yeah. is important but the people we vote for the the candidates running the one that the dnc is backing in order to, no, no one that has the most money to advertise there are always nine times out of ten people that you don't want to even talk to in real life. That's a good point, right? Because they don't share or maybe even connect with you in, in, in retrospect. It's weird how Republicans work because Republicans, let's say they, they run and they lose the district, they kind of they're out. They disappear. They're no longer in the, in the game of politics. But Democrats, you know, they lose. They're, they'll be given a seat. Like the, the, her, the head chairman of the DNC, like they put so much money in that guy, and he, you know, he ended up in that position. Like, dude, you lost. What do what? I'm not dissing, but what do losers do? You know, go around and campaign like uh, Stacey Abrams did. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. And uh, yeah, he is going to do that for the DNC, so he says. But uh, let's see what happens. Yeah. Do you at all? I know because I know you. You're a socialist. Do you feel frustrated in the fact that most of these candidates are that are a in New York or, or B just like general elections are don't really coincide with your core values and as a as a voter. 
yeah, I'm super frustrated. I actually hate every single part of it. No, like most people that voted for Joe Biden, they didn't, strangely enough, it, it wasn't the same, like, I have to vote for this person that they had for Hillary Clinton, right? Yeah. It's like, I have to vote for her. Bernie's out. All right, fine. I will vote for Hillary Clinton. It's the same energy. It's like, all right, I, we can't have another Trump. We can't yeah. have another 45 era. We have to vote for Biden. Yeah, that was the general feel because I didn't even vote in the 2016 election because I just wasn't into Hillary. Hillary just had too much baggage. And that's the problem. It's like Way when you're not baggage. into a candidate and a lot of people still didn't vote for Joe, right? A yeah, lot a lot of people didn't, didn't vote. vote for Joe, but this was the and most. And they'll say, like, you voted for this guy. It's like, dude, it's like, ah, you know, it becomes this wishy-washy yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. And, but in actuality, it's like, yeah, but I actually voted to get this person out. It's not because I agree with everything Joe Biden says, because I don't. I don't agree with much of what he says, but I just don't want an idiot to be president anymore. Because it, in retrospect, it's like they're both evil, right? Yeah. Just look at how uh, 45 didn't care for a lot of world issues, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he just didn't care about a lot of world issues, the way things happen in Bolivia and Argentina. It's like if it was Obama, like those countries would be super different right now, mm. especially like the election cycles. So uh, not Argentina, uh, Venezuela. Venezuela, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, with the whole fake, it's it's just disgusting what's going on right now. Then you have um Biden who's just like up for it. It's like, well, you know, time to you know go back to America, destroying other countries. Let, let, let's get back on that train. Mm. But but also I feel like because of the election of Donald Trump, also it has affected the world globally because you see, you know, Donald Trump like esque. Uh, candidates become coming into power like you have Boris Johnson as as the prime minister who is they're closing in on Brexit Brexit is happening like it's a, it's a thing and you have a lot of these like super radical uh right wing conservatives taking office and i think Trump was definitely that catalyst in in bringing that into the forefront and in, in him actually becoming president i think he was definitely the catalyst that helped I, I, it could be maybe it's like you know this the spectrum of like the coronavirus like it's got high and then low and high again yeah it's like the stock market maybe we're just hitting our rebound you know for humanity's uh leaning towards the right the 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 older generation couldn't connect to the younger the younger found new ways to inform themselves with the worst side of humanity now mm. we're in this path of uh politically uh rightness it's just yeah nonsensical same thing in brazil too what you were saying like the guy the president of brazil uses all the way to the right does not care about anybody yeah you know there's this big conversation going on even with the the with the political right of actually sort of like splitting off the republican party so you'll have guys like mitt romney and all that stuff like the like the republic like the abe lincoln project or whatever have like their own sort of conservative Republican stuff. Meanwhile, you leave all that extreme, extreme right, far right, proud boy, all that stuff, MAGA to like extreme left sort of political party thing. 
you know what I'm saying? Like there's sort there's sort of this this conversation of dissension within the political right party within itself. I don't. Do you think that's gonna happen? Because I I don't see it happening. No, if it was gonna happen, it would have happened for like maybe uh, the Tea Party mm. at era. Um, this whole QAnon era, because that's what's happening right now. That's yeah. like as you said, the Lincoln Project be one end, and I think they're lame as hell too. Because I don't think they did anything besides pay for TV ads, and, and don't, people don't want TV like and that. And touch little boys. And yeah, that that whole lawsuit right there is just crazy. And, Yikes! And just like to see the levels of conservatism, it's all just going to be on one side. Mm. So if if anything, it's like a big marketing campaign, and you're just focusing your demographic on a very broad spectrum. And if you're even from like the middle, and maybe even liberal, you could even grab them. Mm. You know, if they, if they like something or you say something cool one day, they call you basic. And there, there you go. You're on, they, you got you. Got you. <laughs> it's all gotcha tactics. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's the thing with politics. It's sort of to it's to lure you in on onto their side of in their ideology. Yeah. So all this is happening right now. Biden's yeah. looking pretty bad. As you said, mask off. And I, 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 I wouldn't say thought, pretty bad. I, I just think that. His mask is starting to fall off. I'm, I don't it, think people are. I don't think people are completely writing him off yet. But they're starting to realize, like, oh, okay, like you, you literally just said all that crap to, to, to get us to give us some sort of hope that you're actually gonna. What do they call those numbers? Popularity, right? His popularity, popularity numbers, numbers, yeah, are are high up. Yeah, and of course. Those, those aren't real numbers. I'll say those are like, I am done with forty five numbers, right? Oh, like, yeah. Th- those real numbers should be up like down by april once you know we still don't got a check trust me i don't think we're gonna get our 1400 by june holy crap by june i don't even think we're gonna get anything the way the way the things are going on they're, they're taking their sweet old time it's like they don't even like talking about it before people used to talk about every single day mm. oh when's gonna happen what's gonna happen oh it's gonna happen soon you know when when something says it's gonna happen soon that's when the conversation stops Hey, pretty soon we're going to have our year anniversary of like Corona invading New York City and, and the whole lockdown. I don't know. Maybe yeah. we should do like a Corona anniversary special or something that that sounds weird to say and kind of sad. But yeah, we, we have to do a one year anniversary. Yeah, that, but. it would be like a great year perspective on everything that has changed and and happened within our lives. Yeah, and it's going to end with how the coronavirus happened also steered the election towards uh, Biden winning. Yeah. Because if the virus didn't happen, I think that will have been year two, part two, uh, 45. Oh, 100%. 100%. I definitely agree with that. But I think this wraps up the political section of Black Seinfeld. Stay tuned for the next hour where we're going to just have fun and, and talk about some music and judas and the black messiah i think that's gonna be such a downer right there bastion yeah. uh p- please tell me who is her name tirza or tirza yeah, tirza tirza okay yeah i don't know much about tirza it's just like a how project did you find that, her it's an english singer oh um algorithms on title okay you know put that in shuffle listen to a couple of music they're, they're just going to present you an artist and I, I kind of uh, 
in love with some of her songs and I would kind of bounce into her albums like wow this is like one of my favorite albums of last year even though it came out two years ago mm. 2020 it was like my one of my favorite albums of 2020 I couldn't put it on the list because it came out 2018 but that's how you discover new artists so the album's called Devotion and the song I want to play off it is called Basic Need check it out Welcome back to all of our listeners. You're tuned into Black Seinfeld, the show about nothing. We got a little more tune for your head top. That was, Bash, I'm saying this correctly, Tirza? I'm assuming the same thing, Tirza. Tirza, basic need off of her album Devotion, which came out 2018. It's a dope listen. Please check it out. What's your thoughts on the track? I liked it. I liked it a lot. 
I like the whole vibe of the track. Yeah. This is something First I should listen. It's all vibes. This is something I want to listen to during the summertime or maybe spring. Warmer weather with this one. That's when I found it. Yeah, during the warmer weather. So yeah, that's that's what's up. That's what's up. Uh, what is not up is the fact that Kara Dune is no longer going to be part of the Star Wars universe because Gina Carano has been relieved of her duties as Kara Dune because, I mean, she's been <laughs> wild Q out here. Q-Anon-ing. What's Q that? Anon, Q-Anon-ing. Q-Anon-ing. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. <laughs> so for those of you who do not know, Gina Carano was, got her fame from being one of the pioneers in women's MMA. She was basically Ronda Rousey before Ronda Rousey. Uh, for all of my early 2000s kids, she was basically Hillary Duff, Lizzie McGuire before Hannah Montana and Miley Cyrus really took off, if that makes any sense whatsoever. But yeah, that, that's Gina Carano. And then she started making her living doing a lot of acting roles, a lot of uh, fight works, fight scenes. Um, Wasn't she in X Men? She, I mean, not X Men, um, Deadpool. Was she in Deadpool? She, she might have been. Oh, I, I don't that's remember. Why I think I, I seen it the first time. I, I, I can double check on that. I honestly do not remember. But when I saw her as a Cara Dune in, in the Mandalorian, I was like, holy crap, this actually makes sense. Gina Carano is a badass, and I think. Uh, Cara Dune kicks a lot of ass too, so I thought. Yeah, she played Angel Dust in Deadpool, the first one. Oh, okay. See, I don't even remember Deadpool that much. Remember, Fox Studios, people. Fox Studios, not MCU. <laughs> but, anyways, for those of you who do not know, Gina Carano politically is. She's conservative, but she is an extreme far right conservative. And that's why. If you go on social media, if you're especially heavy into the Twitter Twitter thing, it's been a known secret. Well, it's not even a secret. It's been known that Gina Carano has been liking a lot of far-right wing propaganda articles. Uh, she fully was in support of the insurrection going on on January 6th. I, I believe she even liked some, like anti-semitic stuff too i don't remember what exactly it was but it's it was all there basically and the power of twitter man for some reason gina carano just started started trending again fire gina carano fire gina carano and i and disney had no other choice than to relieve her of her duties i think it was bound to happen but i think they would have like slowly I think it would take them a lot longer because, you know, it's a corporation and they already put money up. Um, they're about to give her her own series due to her, the first round popularity. They were because she was a very popular character. But, um, you know, reality in real life at the end of the day, I know a lot of conservatives were calling this uh, attack on the first amendment. Uh, amendment. But conservative voices are being silenced, Bastion. We if said this on Tucker Carlson. Yeah. They said this on Joe Rogan. Yeah. They said this it, on the um the 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 Raptor podcast. And they said it on their best-selling uh New York Times best-selling book, Conservative Voices Are Being Silenced, Bastion. <laughs> and they say it on social media all the time. All the yeah. time. Yeah, because we hear them. We hear them loud and clear in terms of being silent 
if you say nonsensical things like that, like really offensive stuff, like very offensive stuff, you're you're gonna get in trouble. And this is still very weird to me because we're in 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, us leaving high school, literally in the dawn age of MySpace and Facebook, they told us, "Hey, be careful what you put on the internet because it will affect your job opportunities, your college opportunities." Like these are things we were told going into high school, going into college. Damn, that is true. I didn't we think were of that. You're right. This. Like that's why I'm just like super. Like I'm very focused. I love social media and everything. I love Twitter, but I rarely say anything on there. But it's not like and I have good, crazy comments to say yeah. anything. I just don't think of anything to say. And with good merit, too. Yeah. Like, at all times, if I'm tweeting something or if I'm saying something, it's the internet. It will be there forever. I'm saying something with a tent of something could look. Somebody could look it up 15 years from now and know this is what I thought about on this day. Someone can screenshot it and archive it. Go ahead. I said it then. <laughs> it's probably what I thought back then. Yeah. No, no, um, I'm saying that in general. Someone can screenshot it and archive and it. Archive with, it. Yeah. Yeah. Because the yeah, internet that, has an archive, people. If you want to go back to MySpace 2006, you can totally do so. Yeah. The archive is like, it's like one of your websites, especially when you see blunders yeah. on the internet. Like they accidentally uploaded a, a, a article. Mm hmm. Yeah, like my favorite one was uh, Kamala Harris. Like, I think someone uploaded a Kamala Harris. Like, oh, Biden shows Kamala Harris like two weeks earlier before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he actually um, did. But yeah, maybe they just wrote two articles. Yeah. And for the record, I just want to say once again, if you're a conservative, that's cool. But I think it's when cool. no, I'm I don't have a problem with it. I don't care. I know I'm not I supposed to say that because. We're on BAI and like me, I, whatever. If you're conservative, fine. But I think if you start again, like I said before, if you support that insurrection or, or you support that far extreme if you're right Proud there. Boys and all that jazz, I think that's a that's an issue right there because you're supporting domestic terrorism. And Gina Carano was doing that and it it wasn't she didn't do it privately. Like you can go to her like section and you can see all the crap that she was liking. And a lot of people find that to be off putting. So hey, I mean, it, it happened, man. It happened. Um So this is the cause and effect. This is like when people say Oh, you know, this is um, this is attacking my first amendment. Just look at them. It's like, hey, what did exactly did you say? Because we could pinpoint exactly when everything got turned off. It's like, oh, we're no longer being protected by the mouse, and we're just going to sign this last check. Mm-hmm. You know, you you had the back. Apparently, they even told her to like calm, like uh, slow, slow just down, relax, slow your roll. just relax, yeah. bro. Relax like you're like you're you messing believe- up the bag for yourself. Yeah. Just chill well, out. You have things lined up for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't want it. You know, then uh, bench people. <laughs> Yo, I remember watching Killing Him Softly and Dave Chappelle was like, uh, hey, man, uh, who did you vote for? And and the guy didn't, he said he doesn't know. But Chappelle was like, see, this is a culturally white thing where white people do not talk about their political affiliations, right? And sometimes I think with the internet and and social media sometimes we overshare way too much and sometimes like if in the case of gina carano she should have just peeled back a little bit and not discuss or disclose the fact that she was pro insurrection and all that crap you feel me yeah because if she if she if gina carano would have shut up she would have still been 
a part of the Star Wars universe. She would have still had her toys being made, which is now gone. And none of this yeah, would have happened. Yeah, Hasbro said, hold up. Stop wasting plastic. Yeah. Don't waste plastic on that white woman with black hair. And a <laughs> very cool getup. I, I think the reason why Disney was holding off so long, too, is just my take. I, I just think it's because Gina Carano will kick their asses, literally, because she's an MMA fighter. But I guess the mouse decided to put their foot down or, or you know, lay their whiskers down and just had to oust her out. How do you write off her character? What would you do? Oh, she got to die. She got to die. I would have wrote, do? Um, she got promoted into the Republic, so she's going to be more on like another planet than mm. uh, the outside sector where she was. And it, now, would you, what would you do with, uh, oh, I don't even think, if they wanted to do a Cara Dune comic book, I don't even think they would use her likeness anymore. Like her, her face. No, Cara Dune is not an interesting character. Never was an interesting character to me, personally <laughs> speaking. Like I thought her character was a great secondary, thirdary character. For her to keep coming back, it's like she is not. Like yeah, her. She's from um, what planet is she from again? I don't remember. Alderaan. So the planet got blown. Alderaan got blown up, right? Yes. Before. Yes. Yeah. So she's she's Al, she's from Alderaan. Her family, like, great. They added some plot to her. Cool. I care a little bit, but to be honest, I didn't care before until I heard the Alderaan thing. Got it. So for her to leave, it's like I, I'm not I'm not missing anything. If anything, some characters are episodic, and mm. she's one of them. And so, <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue. No, it's like that's how I read it. I, I would have wrote it where she got promoted, like she did well. Um, uh, what's his name? Luke brought. Oh yeah, like you know, I met her. You give her a promo, promo. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. But hey, now she's teaming up with your boy Ben Shapiro, and they're trying to uncancel un Gina Carano, and they are working on a movie. Uh, what kind of movie? I don't know, but I do know that Ben Shapiro is an avid Star Wars fan, like you and I. So I don't know. Maybe we can have him on one day, and we can just strictly talk Star Wars. I can't talk to this guy. His voice is very. Uh, disgusting to listen to. <laughs> I mean, hey, man, I think Star Wars can, can unify some people. Well, not even unify. We have that commonality where we can just sit down and just the talk Star person Wars. person that could unify the left and the right Dolly Parton. <laughs> Is who? Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton? Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. yeah. That's true. That's it. Not Star Wars. Star Wars is literally like Come on, episode four, five, and six is literally what we're. It's doing. more, yeah. It, it is the most political thing ever, but some people would say Star Wars isn't political and blah 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 blah. It's more about Luke Skywalker and family or whatever. Those people are the same people that wrote episode eight and nine. It, it right Don't episode break. seven, eight, and nine in straight politics. It would have been perfect. That's all you got to do. So yeah, that's uh, enough of the Star Wars news. Let, no, but but how into... do you feel about? I'm sorry. How do you feel about the? Ben Shapiro, Gina Carano movie. There's nothing to feel about. There's nothing to think. Just pretend it doesn't happen. It okay. won't exist. All right, got it. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Right, fair enough. If if you don't believe in it, it won't. It doesn't really exist. Good point. All right, fair enough. Music, new music is out. A lot of yeah. music has been out. 
There was the yeah, like Jeremy Lin's career. You know, I don't believe it, so it never happened. Can we not do that to Jeremy Lin, man? Like, leave Jeremy Lin alone. Like, it's not. Well, it is. No, it's not his fault. Okay, that he got injured and all that stuff. Like, just let him live. Isn't he in the G League now? Tony burnt him out before the playoffs. Isn't he in the G League? Yeah, he's in the G League and with the Warriors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. San Jose Warriors, right? Shout out to him. Shout out to Jeremy Lin, man. And get back in the league. Well, he got his millions. All right, yeah. New music. A lot of music has been coming out, and we haven't talked about it at all let's last week. talk but... about Judas last, but let's get yeah. into the other songs. Oh, well, before that, let's talk about D'Angelo real quick. Bro, this versus battle coming out next week is something that I wasn't expecting, but... D'Angelo did announce this on an IG live conversation that he had that he is doing a versus battle and he is coming out with a new album. We have not had a new D'Angelo album since 2014? 2014? About 2014. The Black Messiah? Yes. Yes, it was. Ironically, ironically enough, it was the Black Messiah. Ironic. <laughs> oh, man. And... This episode is definitely called Black Messiah. I am a huge fan of D'Angelo. Of course, we know how does it feel. We know that we know that's a instant classic, right? But D'Angelo has done so much more than in, than just that. And I think the fact that D'Angelo has so little albums out, I think whenever he does decide to come out and say, "Hey, I have some new music I've been working on. I have a new album coming out," I think. A lot of people in the R&B community and just the black community in general or just music lovers always have their their um, eyes attentive and waiting for that material to drop because D'Angelo was one talented mofo. And the fact that he's going to be doing a versus battle um, versus friends, which we don't know what that means. I'm assuming it's just D'Angelo and his friends are just going to be doing songs together and just yeah. having this like random jam session is going to be dope at the apollo theater too i think that's going to be fire next week february 27th i want to say yeah february 27th that's next saturday i am super hyped to see this i'm making a couple of speculations of who might show up i know you said quest love I'm hoping the roots, yeah. Yeah, you're saying the roots, Quest Love. I'm hoping maybe for like a, a Blau to, to to pull up, maybe music soul child. I don't know, Anthony Hamilton maybe. Um just right, Dave Chappelle swing through. Dave Chappelle, come on down. Maybe hey, Jill Scott, I already know you did a versus, but hey, we'd love to see you. Erica Badu, please come it's, on it's down. It's too many people during like the pandemic that for is like, true. all those to happen. So you gotta like maybe cut it all the way down to like Good point. Well, remember, there's people, but also remember, Bastion, that Versus is doing this uh, remote, remote battle again. So I, we don't know how this is going to go again. Maybe we're going to have multiple, multiple IG conversations going on. So maybe, you know, we'll have one collaborator say D'Angelo and the Roots in the background doing their thing. Right. But then we'll have uh, a conversation going on with Bilal and then after that one maybe Maxwell's gonna show up and then maybe Jill Scott's gonna show up you know like that but anyways this has everything to make my top five versus battles I'm really excited what are you hoping for man yeah well, I'm hoping it to be like a groovy fun night where they're just like you know play music I'm hoping they could get like things done on the spot 
so we can have less of this technology of back and forth, back and forth. And I hope the sound just comes um, through. Yeah. Nicely. That, that's all I'm worried about. Is like, if the sound doesn't come through nicely, it just becomes a waste of time. And I don't want it to be brought by Doritos. <laughs> so, yeah, let's, let's see what happens. Unless if it's not, uh, only unless if it's the the purple pack, the, the spicy chili, spicy then it'll be okay. Let's send an intern. Yo, go pack up some Doritos. What kind? Why are you asking me? Purple pack, son. <laughs> Harlem's getting gentrified now. I know they have it. <laughs> course all right let's get into the music yeah what music, music do you want to talk about first man uh let's talk about slow tie i know you didn't want to listen to the album slow tie i'm not a British big grime fan i'm sorry okay British it's just rapper. not for me um came my new album called tyrone great album it's divided into two parts part one is this very banger heavy focused adrenaline like you can listen to it this in the club type grime rap very gritty Maza with um, ASAP Rocky, you know, it's just, and he also got canceled with Skepta, just fire tracks. Um, I recommend if you want to check out the album, this is the first song, 45 Smoke, with your headphones on 10, speakers on max, so you can hear that bait. So you got to feel that energy, and that energy kind of carries through to track seven. And then part two, once you start with I Tried, and it's kind of funny because the first part, all the titles of the song is capitalized and um, capital letters then when you get to the second part it's all lowercase mm. and it's it's more emotional song re- dealing with relationship and personal struggles and uh, mental health of course um, my favorite song off there fill away beautiful song they got terms with because fill away with um james blake and mount kiwi and then you also have turns with um dominic feek and denzel curry so just amazing songs but yeah definitely check out that album i think it's great so far I've only gave it a couple of listens because it is a very short album, but uh, like 35 minutes long. Okay. That was but it's beautiful. And that was slow type Bashin, Do you have a rating for it yet? Or are you still listening to it? I'm still listening to it, but I could give it like a good, uh, maybe seven, eight. Okay. Seven, eight. I think more time I'll probably give it like a higher eight, but I, I like, I like what I'm hearing. Well, we are starting off really well and I would like to bring down the mood with one of my favorite bands, Foo Fighters came out with their a next EP entitled Medicine at Midnight. And to me, I don't think Foo Fighters has come out with like a really solid album in over 10 years. And it's crazy to say because 10 years ago was only 2011. And I remember that album, Wasting Light, being one of the best albums of that year in 2011, especially because of the Foo Fighters longevity that they have in, in rock music and the fact that they're they're on the list of, of potentially being nominated to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think that's very monumental. And I think I, I said last week that I wanted Foo Fighters to do the Super Bowl halftime show or they could do the Super Bowl halftime show. So Medicine at Midnight released last week, but we didn't have enough time to talk about it. It's only nine tracks long, 36 minutes, so it's a quick listen. And Foo Fighters, they changed up their style a lot with this album. It's a lot more pop rock and to me i don't think the sound works i don't think it fits well with the foo fighters um similar to the miley cyrus album that we talked about back in i believe october i feel like a lot of the music here was just overproduced and i don't think the 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 sound really complements well with with the foo fighters at all i think the foo fighters are the best when they 
when they rock out hard. I don't like this over-polished, poppy, rocky direction that they used. Now, I'm not saying that they can't or they shouldn't be able to, to switch up their styles because I think the opposite. I think sometimes, you know, doing that is for the best. I think that's that's a good way to keep the band fresh. Like, I remember back in 2017 when freaking Paramore, they switched up their style from this pop punk band to this um, more alternative indie pop and Hard Times became one of my favorite albums of 2017. But over here with the Foo Fighters, man, I, it's just not hitting, bruh. None of the songs really hit with me that much. It's only nine. It's only like nine songs and four of them, four out of the nine probably do it for me. But the rest, it's just meh. It's just it's just a meh album. It's pretty average. It does nothing to to sort of, you know, push the rock scale or push the rock envelope. This isn't the album that goes, oh, man, like rock is coming back at all. This is this is just meh. And but I think because of the Foo Fighters name, people are definitely going to listen to it. Uh, I don't think it's the worst. I don't think it's the worst album. I don't think it's bad. It's just not good, if that makes sense. So it's probably I'm leaning like a four below average five at best mediocre so I'm, I'm very disappointed at medicine at midnight but the the title track is pretty good i really do enjoy the medicine at midnight song gotcha gotcha all right interesting so i will not listen to that album. yeah don't listen to it you're not missing much if you want to listen to a, the last good foo fighters album just go back to 2011 10 years ago where they came out with wasting light one of my favorites gotcha so one of my favorite rappers JPEG Mafia came out with a new EP. EP boom, two, boom, boom. Exclamation point. Bullet, exclamation bullet. Exclamation point. Don't forget the exclamation point. It's very... Uh, did you get a chance to listen to it? I did, yes. Now, what's your thoughts on it? I thought it was fire. Okay. I enjoyed it. Yes. I think uh, I think this album is more digestible than his other work. Yeah, it's, it's not songs. as... It's not as um, zany and and eclectic as his other works are but also i will say this i am a bit angry at him i'm upset at him because you know i'm a big wrestling fan and he is too and you know how he has the you think you know me transition i did i he didn't have that here and i wanted that interesting yeah he didn't i think only one of his transition uh track was uh i like I like JPEG, and that yeah. was, I think that's the only one I can. But yeah, it's only in this first, in this maybe second album, Veteran. That yeah. was heavily. I remember. The album. I remember when you first played me that, and I was like, oh, "He likes wrestling. I'm into him already." Hey, oh, if yeah. you're a rapper and you just give me some wrestling bars, I'm like, "Okay, you have you have my attention." Oh yeah, so he, he's big into wrestling. So this is a sequel to the first EP that came out last at the end of last year, which is just a. Uh, no, just a, a a collection of songs he dropped throughout the year. And it's funny because I kind of put it together as my own EP for him, but he ended up dropping. So it was pretty cool. And then this one is just, you said he sat in the lab three weeks and knocked out all of these songs. One of my favorite songs, Panic Room, is actually co-produced by James Blake. And mm. I didn't know that at first. So it's like, all right, I'm listening to the album. It's like, oh, co- James Blake, all right, let me run that back and focus <laughs> on it. Yeah. Oh man, it's like it's you could tell who's who in the production, but at the same time you can't. So it's kind of fun. It's very quirky. In this album, this EP, he really goes off with the bars. It's just 
just love his style, just love his flow, love his either nonsensical or makes sense far. I, I don't know how to describe his style. Mm-hmm. All over the place. Sometimes it sounds like he's freestyling. But Zany and eclectic. His flow is too good, you know, not to say he didn't write most of this down. Yeah. And he always posts his lyrics online, so it's it's pretty cool to see what he says up, uh, up front. Yeah, yeah, I, I think fun. if you want to get into JPEG Mafia, I think this is the EP to get into I him. I don't think this is an EP. You should go listen to the Black Band Carson, the difficult listen. But yeah, that's, and I think that's, that's the, the album. And I think that's the that's that's what I'm saying. If you're more of like a casual fan, because you know sometimes you know it takes it takes a while to get into that sort of stuff. If you want more of a palatable listen, something that's easier on the ears you for you, I think easy. this is. I think this would be a, a good way for you to get started. What what was his other album? I think called like Communist Playlist or something. That was on one of his albums that you can find on YouTube. That's just a fire album. It's, I think I played you the song Dolly once. Yeah, but but hey, in all in all tense and in, in, in fairness, it took me going to see Death Grips live in order for me to go, oh, okay, I understand now because listening listening to them sonically with headphones, I. It's just hard for me to get into, but seeing them live, like it made me okay. This is cool, you know. I think if yeah. if you want that sort of that sort of vibe for 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 a lot of people who who can't really get into that, I think you know the more palatable listen like this EP two would be like a good gateway drug, in until you get into the harder stuff. Like this is the weed of of albums to get into to jpeg and then if you want to get into like the heroin and all that then you could go with the the other stuff that he's done if that makes any sense i hope it did yeah i i'll take it for a watch i'm not a druggie people i'm just i'm just giving metaphors here yeah figurative language once you get the veteran then you get to uh um all my heroes are cornballs it Mm. gets very very difficult yeah exactly but it's fun what else do you listen to? Oh, I listened to Flowers of Four Vases, Haley Williams. Last year, she came out with her debut solo project, which was Petals of Armor, which I thought was pretty okay. I, I give it like a six. But um, Haley Williams dropped a surprise album, which came out last week, Flowers for Vases, and where she explains that uh, this album right here is basically like the prelude to to uh, Petals of Armor. So it's a lot more singer songwriting, um, lot lot more uh, acoustic guitars. It's it's very sad. Uh, it's it's a lot about her like past relationships and heartbreak and stuff. And I think a lot of I think that's the reason why it doesn't really connect with me that much. It's because after like the first five songs, it's a fourteen minute. I mean, I'm sorry, it's a fourteen uh, song track, forty two minutes. But I think after like the fifth song, it's it's I feel like I get it, Haley. This this feels like redundant. It's sort of like Malcolm and Marie all over again for me, where like you're you keep really like hitting the fact of like hitting hitting that punch of like heartbreak and heartbreak and heartbreak and, and like this relationship and I'm just like, Okay, I get it. You've done it better with your debut single or your debut album. This right here, this ain't it. This feels like, this feels like more of what you gave me before, but not as good. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's not it's not that great. I give it again like a four. It's below no, average. Two mids. You're two mid. Your, 
ears this week. I have been wasting my ears, but the reason why is because I respect the band and I respect Haley Williams a lot. Like, despite everything Tyler has done the past 10 years ago and all that, I really do like Haley Williams. I think she has a really good voice and I think she's super Most talented. Black people love um, Pat Paramore. Bruh, love Paramore, man. I can never connect to them. I tried. I tried my really? best. Really? Yeah. yeah I, same time I'm trying to connect to Paramore. Guess who I connect with? Tyler, the creator? No. Uh, oh, 2000. Oh, Coldplay <laughs> around that time. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough, man. But but yeah, I think I think the reason why I was able to connect with Paramore and stuff, I was definitely in that emo punk rock phase in the early to early mid 2000s. I was heavy into Paramore, heavy into My Chemical Romance, uh, AFI. I was heavily into that sort of scene back then so i i definitely related to a lot of it and i, and I just loved it but um now that i'm older you know i like the fact that haley has been growing up too and and she's sort of stepping into you know me, new musical terrain and like i said 2017 when they switched up their styles it felt like it felt very effortless effortlessly and i think that was their best like paramore album to date and in fact after you know this album she said hey she's ready to do more paramore projects so hey i'm ready to to hear some more paramore yeah it's uh, interesting all right let's get into the last album we like to discuss hell yeah bruh judas and the black messiah the album 22 tracks when i saw that initially I groaned because, as you know, I do not like, I don't not, I don't like albums past an hour. I don't like albums that have 20 tracks, but this right here, Bastion, I'm not going to lie. I've been listening to this nonstop, bruh. I like this album a lot. I rock with this album. I have a different taste to it. I think really? it's a bit boring. Um, in okay. most of the songs it is a long album it is i think it, the songs i don't care about like are artists i don't listen to like, like i don't listen to g herbo yeah yeah right? but it I makes sense really that g herbo would be dirk. on it yeah but and no. dirk and polo dirk. g you know you, you gotta have the drill rappers on there this is this well, is once you get Chicago. to sir it's like oh okay then yeah. you get to ASAP Rock, he's like, all right, I know what's going on. White Day, BJ, Chicago, the kid. You yeah. like the ASAP Rocky song? No, no. I did. No, no. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big Rocky fan. I know. I like the BJ Chicago kid track. I loved my favorite track easily has got to be Masego, J.I.D., Rhapsody. Hold up. Wait a minute. Sorry, right. That's one of my I, favorite I, tracks. I like I Declare War. But, yeah. Um, That's a great track. Well, also Black Thought, it's kind of funny. It just comes at you, mm-hmm. and it's like boom, 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 bar, bar, bar. It's like, oh, this is Black Thought. This has to be. Yeah. Oh, of course, of course. Uh, well, overall, that what what is the album to you? Well, I, I just want to say I can see why you feel that way because the album, like I'd say, like the first half of the album is very much pro black and pro black in every in every um track, and it's like black capitalism and equity and we gotta the black we uh, black you knew people i was gonna say that. that and then, yeah i knew you were gonna say that like oh we got nipsey hustle and jay's the other track man they black capitalists and i don't even like that and this goes against everything fred hampton was for man so i didn't really like the fact that every damn track was basically about like black capitalism and black people have to own 
own stock and equity and all that so i understand it from that perspective and this how this goes to show how much i actually know you yeah <laughs> as yeah. as a person just as a friend i i, I didn't want to say any of that actually you I didn't was but i knew you were thinking it but yeah. i knew you were thinking it and and i felt like the exact opposite where it was just like i felt like like the first half of the album was like hey um this is what this is how, what i think black people should do right and then the second half was like a lot more chicago drill music we're gonna show we're gonna show a lot more um chicago prominent artists and all that stuff and and i i for one who is a big fan of drill music i automatically was like oh hell yeah i was into it 100 percent. so in listening to it all throughout the weekend uh, I feel like I had a, a mix of emotions of, you know, being on my like, oh, yeah, on my on my pro black, like, yeah, let's we're going to we're going to own everything black, you know, just go to black owned businesses. And then when it's when it switches straight to like the drill music, I was just on some man after police, we gonna shoot everyone we see. Blah, blah. So that was my whole that was my whole thing with the album. Um, I So that's why I enjoyed it a lot. I think it, it just it gives me like the good balance of of what Chicago is, but also of the, the political history of Chicago mixed in with the Chicago drill and Chicago scene. You get that all in one album. That's why I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's pretty, uh, it fits in within the, the context. No, not, not really. It doesn't really fit in, but the feeling, it's yeah. not about the feeling, the right? The feeling. Yes. That's all you need. That's the feeling. It yes. fits in within that, the, the movie. So the feeling fits, the vibe fits. I think her song is like one of the best songs mm. on, on the album too, as well. How do you and feel about that... the Jay and Nipsey album? I mean, track. No, it's a great song. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay bar for bar, Nipsey bar for bar. I think Jay wrote that like a week ago. Oh, well, I mean, he did talk about the insurrection. So, yeah, yeah, easily. Jay is a last-minute rapper, too. So mm-hmm. he's able to give you the most opt-to-he he, like, just prove it to you that he wrote it in his head on the way to the studio. 100%. And I think in knowing that he, he knew that he was going to do this for a Fred Hampton movie, like, I already knew he was going to do the, I arrive on the day to Fred Hampton died. Like, I already knew that part was going to be implemented in there somewhere. I just wanted to know where. But then he was like, I arrived on the day where Fred Hampton got murked. Oh, I mean, assassinated. But I was like, uh, yeah, there we go, Jay. Uh, there it is. I called it. You know, I was talking to my dad about that. It's mm-hmm. like, because I was talking to my dad about the movie. Yes. And I, you know, we get into my thoughts onto it. Mm-hmm. But he said... Would people know did people know who Fred Hampton was before then and what connected to me is like actually I, I didn't know who he was until I heard Jay-Z say that same because same. it was Watch the Throne 2011 I'm 16 I'm like I'm not, I'm not really my political type thing I'm like watching every TV show and movie that I could find yeah we're we're in high school man we don't care about that stuff yet yeah like i i only knew the surface stuff i didn't know i didn't know i had to look in the past yeah the future it's golf weighing out here man golf weighing heavy you know heavy. never bought never walked never rocked the socks but i did um own the posters gotcha so <laughs> so i you know watch the throne love watch the throne like crazy even though it's super black capitalist in retrospect looking back um just saw the line Look at Fred Hampton. Looked at, pretty much looked at everything about this guy, and mm-hmm. I was just shocked. Like, wow, this guy is like 
dice 21 and look out there mm-hmm. so that that's kind of my relationship so you know jay-z fred hampton they're connected for me i don't know if it's the same for other people but yeah. i could definitely talk for myself and for you too it's like yeah, especially for hip-hop music every every hip-hop. time it's I remember I'm making the joke of when I saw this movie, I was like, hey, we know what's going to happen at the ending. So like, hey, why don't we like give it some sort of hope at the end? Why? Why not give me a scene of Gloria Carter giving birth to Sean Carter? And you were just like, all right, episode is over. That's it. Thank you. Good night. As a joke. Did I say that? Yeah, you did. I don't remember, but that sounds about right. Yeah, you did. You did. But yeah, I I agree with you 100%, especially in hip hop. If that happened, the world, oh my. Black Twitter, black. Oh, man, everything. they would have had a field day, but I would have called you automatically right after I saw the movie. And I want to get paid for that, too, because I came up with the idea and they took bad it. Ideas, bad ideas create good ideas. Bad yeah. ideas should be in the trash. Right? <laughs> I would have well, loved it. Let's please let's get into the movie. Let's yeah. get into the movie, man. My initial there's a lot to talk about, and and I'm happy that we're just gonna skip the musical break because 20 minutes, I think, will I don't think it'll give it enough justice, but I think we're gonna get a lot of um, our thoughts out there with Judas and the Black Messiah that came out. It's exclusively on HBO Max. Thank you, Bashan, for allowing me to borrow your HBO Max. And if you have movie theaters open, you can go to the theaters and 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 watch it as well. I think. The fact Let's that talk about the actors first. Sure, <laughs> uh, basically it's Get Out <laughs> again. You have you have uh, Lakeith Stanfield, uh, Daniel Kaluuya. You have a brief Dominic ke- Dominic Fishback, Jesse Plemons. Who, by the way, he play he's good at being a bad guy. Like he's I been heard. he's being he's been a bad guy ever since 2002, where he tried to steal my man Calvin Cambridge's sneakers. Yes, that was Jesse Plemons. He's been a great bad guy ever since. Uh, Breaking Bad. He's been a great bad guy since Black Black Mirror when when he he did the whole Starfleet mod thing. If you remember that episode, but shout out to Jesse Plemons. He's great at everything that he does. He plays a great baddie. Gotcha. He played a good villain. Yes. Algie Smith. Um. Ashton Sanders. Ashton Sanders. He plays the RZA. And um, oh, really? Yeah, so when I saw him, I was like, oh, it's him. Oh, out here. All right. I need that guy to work. Let's go. Dominique Dorn, Martin Sheen. There's a lot of great rappers. Uh, of rappers. A lot of great artists. And yeah. There's actually two comedians in there. Like Lil, um, Lil Rel. Yes. And uh, Jermaine Flower. So I was surprised to see those guys there. Yes. Yes. So, man. as you said, it's like two movies mixed. It's Black. It's um, Get Out. And what, what was the other movie with Lakeith did? Sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a little bit of both. Yeah, man. I, I think they're they're really good at feeding off of each other. Lakeith Stanfield and Daniel Kaluuya, they have a really good chemistry about them, and and I it think shows. Everybody had great chemistry yeah. on screen. They seem like they're all cool. That's why I think they like they they all have to be like some sort of friend or vibe because everything yeah. just came out perfect. Yeah, it definitely shows. Shout out to the director Shaka King, who's able to get this film made because I think uh, the the perspective of the movie you're getting the perspective of Bill O'Neill who who became a FBI informant and his his uh, job was to infiltrate the Black Panthers. The, the Chicago chapter of the Black Panthers, because I think if you wanted to make a Fred Hampton movie, I don't think 
uh, Hollywood would even have the balls to just give us a Fred Hampton movie. So I think it was very clever to give the perspective of the informant and have, you know, Fred Hampton be the supporting character while the informant is actually the main character and, and, and where the movie um, sort of surrounds itself on. That's the, the, he's the main character, basically. See, that's kind of where we might differ because I think I dislike that part. Mm. That in order to have a Fred Hampton movie, that they had to tell the story from a different direction. Yeah. They didn't go out there to hero or romanticize the involvement with J. Edgar Hoover and the FBI. And yeah, no, they they played it straight up. They they, they, they played it. They straight. gave it the honest truth. Credit yeah, for that. absolutely. Like, kind of. I think it does hurt that in order to get the story out, they have to talk in the perspective of the, the snitch. But they and I, I can say Lakeith did a very very good job. Oh, one hundred percent. I remember seeing an interview. Um, asking him how he felt after the movie and stuff. And he said, like, he, he had to go get therapy because he was not feeling well mentally because of, you know, just being in the mind of, of this of this guy or, or just this kid. Because at the time, I believe he was, like, only, like, 17 years old. Um, Bill O'Neill, he was, he was just a teenager where he had to, you know, become an informant and, and basically get rid of Fred Hampton. Um, I think that whole thing really messed with him because again like seeing the actual interview that bill o'neill was in he was he was describing that he was actually you know friends with with fred hampton and like they actually created a bond and he became one of he became like a security officer for the for the black panther party and all that stuff so his rank started to get higher so it really started to toy with his his um his emotions basically think like Think Donnie Brasco, right? Where Donnie Brasco was working for the feds, but also like he was trying to, he was, he was in the Italian mob and he infiltrated himself into the Italian mob. And then he had this duality of like, okay, well, I'm sort of like this mobster, but I'm really not because I'm actually like a federal agent. I think Bill O'Neill was having that. It's the same duality with Bill O'Neill. You know, I'm a Black Panther and I'm, and I actually really do believe in this cause. But then again, I'm doing this because I want to get out of, the crap that I pulled in when I was a car thief. You feel me? Yeah. So I, I do find that very um, aspect very interesting. Just to be straightforward, like I, I thoroughly enjoyed this film. Oh, 100%. Every aspect of it, I enjoyed it from the music to how they had to like transition the scene to even him leaving to talk to the FBI agent just to get like that little interaction because Roy. this closeness. Yes. You know, this idea, it's like, you know, he, he, he looked up to this person. Yes, he did. So what was that in the beginning of the movies? Like when they asked him, like the interview. Did, yes. How, the interview. What was your uh, what was your uh, relationship with Roy, the FBI uh, yeah. agent? He was like, yeah, he in many ways, he was like a mentor to me. He was like a, a father figure to me. You know, he he took me in his house and he met and, you know, I met his daughter and he took me out for food and stuff. And whenever he was talking about that stuff and that relationship with him, I thought in the back of my head, is this just a manipulation tactic from from Roy in order for Bill to be more comfortable with him so he can go out and do what Roy wanted him to do? That was my in, whole thing. In the movie perspective, to, to even like go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. 
it's strictly a from a movie perspective. Both. Yeah. Yeah. Strictly from the movie perspective. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, yeah. fiction. We don't know what was really going on. And in the movie, it seemed like it was both because yeah. one, as you said, he's a young dude as much older. 17 years old. That's it. So he presented himself as like, this is a working adult that has everything going on. Mm-hmm. So to look up to him, it's like, you know, the smoking, the cigars in the house and just talking about what's going on. It 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 was very difficult to see those situations because mm-hmm. he did see this caring person. But at the same time, when the work is done, strictly talking about the movie's perspective. Yeah, movie perspective. Um, he, he had to do, like get things done. Yeah, now it's time for you to actually like do this and get this done. I know you like him. I know you have a, a relationship with these people, but at the end of the day, you're still a rat and you're still a and you're still an FBI agent. Remember when he he was having like second thoughts and actually writing out the blueprint for uh, Fred Hampton's house. He he was very reluctant in doing that. But then Roy, he hit him with the, hey, let's not forget the reason why you're doing this is because you're a car thief. And hey, if you don't go through with this and you try and skip town and run, I will hunt you down. Which yeah. again, to me, manipulation tactic right there. Yeah, it just pretty much um, shows the beginning of the movie and mm-hmm. just bringing it back to the end. It's like, hey, this is the reason he's doing these things. Yeah. Because he doesn't want to go to jail for like six years. Yeah. For, for stealing, impersonating an officer. So it, it just, it blends. It's a really good movie. It's a really good movie. Yes. It fits. I hate it. I don't want to put it in the same bag as Django. It was like one of these black movies. No, that, I don't put it in the same thing wait, as Django. Wait, I'm not done. No, okay. I'm not talking about an action film. I'm talking about black movies that didn't really need to be made. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Not the same movie. Mm-hmm. Django's a great movie, but it didn't have to be made. If okay. anything, it should have never been made. But this movie's also the same way, too. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like this movie, this is Django was one of our first um radio conversations, if you remember. <laughs> was so, it? Back in years, years, Damn. years ago. So okay. it's one of those movies like it didn't have to be made. It's out. I probably probably would watch it again in the future because I like it. But it didn't have to be made. Because mm-hmm. who is this movie for? Is it for people to look up more for Fred Hampton? Is it people to try to correlate of what's going on today? Because mm-hmm. they did have a lot of scenes explaining, like, within the organization, everything that went bad was done on purpose by the FBI yes. and the police. Yes. So it's not like they're terrorists. It's like they were forced them and interactions. And, you know, mm-hmm. even sending other FBI agents to mm-hmm. go kill other people within the Black Panther right i think the whole scheme i yeah i think this the reason why this movie was made in particular and the fact that this this movie is 100 percent accurate i think i think it's something that we do all the time as black signful where um we as americans even you know first generations americans we always talk about things that are going on but also those things question and and um conflict with what the American values are right, and I think this—that's why one of this is one of the reasons why this movie was made, right? Because you know, on the outskirts, people were led to believe that the Black Panthers was just like this big terrorist organization. When really, what it was, it was just a way in which to, you know, police, police and patrol our community and actually just uplift our community, make it stronger, make it better. But you know, you had. You had the police on in on it. You had the feds in on it. It was J. Edgar Hoover's mission to 
you know, to completely eliminate a lot of these civil rights leaders, which is why, you know, he had files on Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, the Nation of Islam, all of that, and including Fred Hampton. Um, in the movie, you know, he said that we don't we do not want a, a black messiah to, to emerge and and that the Black Panthers are the worst thing that can happen to america they're like 10 they were they were domestic terrorists number one it was the black panthers right because they were able to mobilize and they were able to to become disciplined and structured and i think you know it having having that realism and having that unfiltered truth being shown to the american people i think it can question you know the real principles of what america is and, and what we feel, what we see the American value system to be, um, counteract to what it actually is. Because I remember, well, at the end of this, at the end of the movie, um, I mean, it's not a big spoiler. Y'all can Google what happened. Fred Hampton gets murdered in his sleep, right? And a lot of that stuff can go to things that are happening today, which, you know, Breonna Taylor, which, like, what, 51 years later, and the things is still happening. And, you know, the cops have their own version of of details that actually happened, like with the whole Fred Hampton thing, where they said in their report that Black Panthers came out shooting when that didn't happen at all. And again, 51 years later, police have their story of, hey, this place is armed, this place is dangerous, and they just came in shooting. So you have that same duality of, hey, this happened back in 69. But hey, 51 years later, we still have the same things going on today. And here's a reflection of that. And that's all I got to say for now. Yeah, that's why ACAV, you know? Yeah, and that's why I feel like <laughs> this is why this was made, Bastion. This is why I feel like this yeah, is that's one, what of, I mean. one of the closest four things to a black, I mean, to a to a Fred Hampton movie that we'll ever get. Ever. Okay. Ever so, get. Focus more on the documentaries and one thing. But yeah, like I said, it's like, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Great it's movie. Like, it's not a friend Hampton movie, but it is a political mm-hmm. device movie, maybe question mark. Am I using the right terms? I don't know. I, I do think it's great. I do recommend people to watch it, especially people that don't know anything yes. about Friend Hamptons. I can imagine us, you know, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, didn't know who we was much. This mm-hmm. would be a good starter to you know go down that path. One hundred percent. I think this movie is a must-see. It's a must-watch. I give it a 9 out of 10. The reason why I'm not giving it a 10 out of 10 is because I have no interest in ever watching this again because it is that hard to watch. It gave me to, it gave me 12 Years of Slave vibes where I never, never want to watch it. Never seen 12 Years of Slave? Don't. Oh. <laughs> I never want to watch it again. Never. Because it will but, have you pissed off. at every, but, It'll have you angry. And it still has me angry because I only watch – I watch this on a Tuesday – and I was just angry for the rest of the day. I woke up angry. And I think that's what it's going to leave you angry because the because at the end credits, you know, they just talk about everything that happened afterwards. They gave you like the, the after of, of uh, some Black Panthers suing the government and, and, and all that stuff, man. It's just it's just not a it's not a happy story. You know what I mean? It's it's very it's very much so a Shakespearean tragedy. Yeah. And yeah, I, I give it a very high rating too, maybe like a high eight. Um, overall, it's a great movie. I'm actually surprised like how great the actors were. Like the actress did a really good job. Maybe I'm saying that because the last movie I saw, what we commented on last week, Mariah, 
uh, and Malcolm. Marie oh, and Malcolm. Malcolm, Malcolm and Marie. And Marie. It's just like, no, they weren't really vibing on screen. I think one person was talking one movie and the other person was talking. <laughs> but yeah, Dom, Dominique Fishback, you know, Lakeith, and uh, Daniel, they, they, they did all amazing job. Yeah. You know, I can't wait to see more of their work, especially Dominique Fish. Uh, what's her name? Dominique Fishback. I yes. like to see more of her work. Yeah, she I know she's 29. She looks very young. Oh, really? Yes. Good for her, man. You know, black don't crack, Bastion. Black don't crack at all, bro. Yeah. Well, I think that's all we have time for tonight. Uh, I knew this would happen. There's so much more that I want to say about the movie, but we can't. Maybe we'll save that for next week. But thank you all so much once again for tuning in to Black Seinfeld. If you want to contact us at all, please go to BlackSeinfeldNY at gmail.com to share us your thoughts on what you thought about the movie. Um, if you have any questions for us, please, again, BlackSeinfeldNY at gmail.com. We are going to go out with her. And this is from the Black Panther album. This is Fight For You. And we'll see you again next week with the last... I think it's going to be the last Black History Month episode for us. So until then, please take care. Drink water. Take 10 minutes out your day to stretch. FDT, Free Palestine, Suck Yamada. We Black Seinfeld. Peace. Peace.